Hello, you're listening to Wonder Talks with Ronnie. I'm Ronnie. Come join me as I talk about everything Wonder Woman and women in comics. Sit back and relax and remember to stay wonderful. Hello, you're listening to Wonder Talks with Ronnie, and today's episode is special because I'm with my good friend David, who is an author. We talk everything Wonder Woman and how she's inspiring and, of course, wonderful. Let's dive in. Okay, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad, too. And I always wanted you on this podcast for so long. Oh, well, I'm, I'm really happy that you asked because this is I, I like talking about things like this. I know, me too. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my first question is, is what does Wonder Woman mean to you? Wow. Well, <laughs> um, it's funny because my she's meant different things to me over the years. It's kind of evolved. Oh, okay. Um, you know, as a child, it was an escape. She was an escape for me from just family life and, and everyday things. And um, I got caught into her because of my love of comics, but also because of my love of Greek mythology. And when I found out they kind of overlapped through her, that was a huge deal for me. So that kind of got me into it. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older when I started to understand more about like her origins and as far as her character and how she develops and um, and then just the ideas of compassion and love and um, trying to solve your problems without a fist yeah using the lasso which seemed so much better than trying to beat someone into a pulp yeah Um, you know and not having to be everyone says she's still a warrior but I've always thought of her as like a a different kind of warrior she comes from a race of women who are trained to fight like that but she doesn't have to do that so there's also the idea for me of picking and choosing how you solve your problems oh yeah that's true I always saw her as someone who negotiates peace rather than fight a war Mm -hmm. yeah that's my that's that's my wonder woman (laughs) Well, yeah, I agree. I think that's an important part of her character is that her first step should not be to raise a fist of any kind. It should be, let me see if I can solve this problem with words and then, you know, go from there and see what happens. Yeah. What was your first memory of Wonder Woman? Well, I think I want most people I've known my age would say, oh, it was a TV show, but it really wasn't. Um, I remember reading a comic book and for the life of me now I'm trying to remember what it was um, but it was not a Wonder Woman book particularly it was um, what was it it had Uncle Sam as one of uh, I can't think of the characters but (laughs) it's okay it's I can picture it in my head Um, it was another team of heroes 
And the first cover I remember was Uncle Sam, I think, holding her. She was unconscious. And it was a, like a two-part story with her fighting alongside this other group. Uh, and the name will come to me eventually. But <laughs> and she ends up turning silver. Like someone strikes her with like a laser beam and she becomes silver and her lasso turns silver. It was just, I remember that story. And I remember it tying back to like the Super Friends, which was also one of my first exposures to her too. But that was like the first comic book I remember reading with her in it. And then it wasn't until later, not much longer, but later where I read her book. And then I was reading the Justice League books or whatever books had her in it. I would always buy, if she was teaming up with other heroes, I always bought those books. <laughs> I like those books too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let me see. trying to find a question. Don't worry, I'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> so your so your mute, your main muse is Diana, pretty much, right? Say that again. Your muse, like oh yeah. That when you write your books, she's she's in your mind when you write them, right? You know, she is. And there's always little bits and pieces of her character that show up in my novels. And only if people are really aware of who she is or what she does, um, will people figure them out. So, yeah, you know, it's not like an obvious, I don't put obvious Wonder Woman references in there. So people can go, oh, you know, you stole that from her. It's not so much that it's like a, I'm, I'm paying an homage to her by using certain things in my stories. I mean, there is a Themyscira in my novels, um, which is influenced by. <clears throat> by mythology but also by her and yeah a lot of the character traits of her character come up within just a few different characters so I I wasn't trying to steal anything as much as be influenced by the aspects of her character that I really admire that's good yeah I, re I read your first book and I really enjoyed it well thank you you're a really good writer thank you i mean i would say what i like about it but i don't want to spoil it for those who haven't read it yet <laughs> that's okay but i'll do one spoiler alert you made zeus zeus cry in one of the in the first book and i was surprised by that <laughs> well i don't like to i like to be influenced by those things like mythology and comics but i tried to change up some of those things so they weren't the same figures that you would always read about yeah because you know everybody knows what zeus is like or apollo or any of the other gods and yeah i try to make them a little bit more human or a little bit different um it definitely takes people off guard and i think it means they don't they're not expecting the same old same old every time and they go oh that's different i wasn't thinking that was going to happen so that's what my goal is i don't know if that always works but that's what my goal is <laughs> that's good i like great mythology too it's so much fun you you could you take these gods and you can make them however you you know you wish mm -hmm. yeah and i pull like I create some of my own too. I don't just use the ones that are established. So, I'll, or I'll change some aspects of them just to make them fit the books. But yeah, yeah, they've they've always been a source of of influence for me. And I find 
obscure references to. I don't want to use always the ones everybody knows because then that's boring. So I find some that are, you know, not something if you look them up, you could find them, but not that you would ne necessarily read about them, you know, in school. So. Yeah. I'm very excited about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I hope it lives up to your expectations then. <laughs> it is, it is. Good. I don't expect perfection because I'm, I'm still new to this whole podcasting thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So like, um... So you like Wonder Woman. Do you like any other characters? You know, I like a lot of characters in comics. Um, not as much as Wonder Woman, <clears throat> but <Same> here. <laughs> I, I mean, I like um, Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, Wonder Girl. Um, yeah. She, she was another fan. I mean, another fan of hers. I also like Nightwing from Teen Titans. Oh, he's good. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's, I mean, I like the other characters in the Justice League too, you know, the main ones, but like Superman and Batman and Aquaman and Green Lantern and all of that. But those were characters I grew up with too. Um, I also like some Marvel characters, you know, it depends on the on the books and the, and the movies and such, but I like to leave myself open to other, other, other characters, not even yeah. if they're from DC Comics, because, you know, people can be creative in other companies and, and i do rep i do think that that's kind of cool like i look over at like captain marvel in in the marvel comics and and she's another strong female character that i really like yeah so yeah i mean i like a lot of different ones i'm not i'm not so hard-hearted about versions of characters like i know that like for example captain marvel's gone through different versions over the years in the marvel comics i know that much but i'm not tied to one particular thing like other comic fans might be yeah and even wonder woman i like the george perez version of her but i also like other versions of her from other parts of either animation or comics so yeah i try to i try to, to be open-minded you know yeah. accept or appreciate different aspects of different heroes have you been watching WandaVision? I did. I finished it. Um, I really loved it. Me too. <laughs> and I also was watching, uh, there's a couple of um, people on YouTube who do comments about the different episodes. They break things down or they explain things. And I'm not a huge Marvel fan as, as far as the, the comics go. So there were some things that these guys were talking about that helped me understand more about like what yeah. was going on in the series yeah so yeah it was helpful it was it was really cool i mean i loved the whole the premise of what wanda had to go through and then the different tv styles that they did which were so cool um but yeah that was fun and plus you know seeing a character that i mean i know she's from the comics and i but i didn't know much about her until the, the uh, x-men not the x-men the uh, avengers movies but she wasn't she wasn't technically the Scarlet Witch until WandaVision. I know. So, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was really impressed by what they did. And I know they didn't stick to the comics from what I understand perfectly. But yeah. I definitely just enjoyed. And then seeing where that's going to go. Like I know in the uh, Doctor Strange um, Multiverse of Madness movie that's coming up, she plays a big part in that movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see what happens. 
So what do you think of um, Agnes, Agatha Harkness? <laughs> well, first of all, Catherine Hahn, the actress, did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, the range from her, like from the 1960s episodes all the way. I mean, she just did such an incredible job. And yeah. I, I kind of knew from the, the commentary of those video um, commenters about who she really was. I didn't know anything about Agatha Harkness until they started talking about it, but it did, didn't spoil anything. But I was kept, I kept wondering as I was watching, when is she going to make herself known as this witch? Because <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, that's interesting. And, and, I, and in the comic, she was this old white-haired woman. So I was wondering if this character would become like an older white-haired figure at some point. But, but yeah, I liked her. Um, I know the comics also plays her off as more of like a guide to Wanda, whereas in this show, she was kind of more of an adversary. Yeah. So, but, you know, she may come back. I'm sure she will at some point. Yeah, I hope so. But yeah, no, it was good. And, and any, any TV show or movie or book that centers around um, strong female characters, I really get into. Yeah, same here. Um, let me see. I'm trying to figure out what else to ask you. Because <laughs> I only wrote down two questions. I wasn't really that much prepared, but yeah, you know, it's a conversation. So of course, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's the thing about podcasting, it's like a conversation you're having with somebody. You talk and then see what see what forms from there. Well, yeah, it should come naturally and, and it's good to have a scripted thing to talk about, but it's also good to bounce off of yeah day two and, and go from there so if there's ever anything you want me to elaborate on or go on about just just let me know <laughs> i will <laughs> i do want to talk about your books though okay like you're an indie author right i am yeah is that like what's that what's that process like well i mean there's a lot more work when you're an indie author because Aside from writing the book, I mean, I do have people edit it for me and go through that process like you, you know, a, a company would do for an author too. But you have to, I, I have to format the books myself. Again, although I could probably pay someone to do that if I wanted to, but I format the books myself. I, I have to get the cover art from artists that I, I hire. Um, I then have to, you know, once the, the whole document is formatted correctly, then I have to upload it to the, the service, which is a Kindle Direct Publishing, which is a subsidiary of Amazon. So I upload the documents, I upload the cover image, and then play with that until it works. And then you have to decide, you know, who is it going to be distributed to? Do you want an international audience? Do you want, you know, things like that? So there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes and you have to do all your own marketing because I have to go and promote when I want to promote books right now, kind of in a lull because I'm finishing the fourth book of the series I started and I'm waiting on the cover art. So I can't, I don't want to promote too much yet until the fourth book is getting ready to go out because then people are just going to be waiting for me to finish. And I, I want to make sure that's done, but yeah, that's, that's the other thing is, I'm never going to really be in those bigger bookstores uh, because being a uh, independent author, I know there's ways that that can happen, but 
it's not something I've thought about. And my, my writing is really, as much as some people like to write to be a professional author and sell books, and I like doing that, but my first job is a teacher. So my writing is more for me. And I love storytelling. So if I can tell a story or two and put it out in book form, that's just my way of, you know, letting other people know what my stories are like or where my where my mind is. So, but being that independent author is it's harder. I mean, you have to you have to be. I'm an intro, I'm a kind of an introvert. I don't really put myself out there normally in person. Like if you were to meet me in person, like if we were having this conversation face to face, I might seem a little shyer because it's yeah. that face face stuff. Online, it's a little bit different, but yeah. So. Like when I've gone to conventions, like or like Comic Con type things, and I would sell books, I have to really come out of my shell and and try to engage people and talk to them and find out what they like to read, and it's so like kind of like what we're doing, yeah. but to get people interested without pushing my books down their throat. You know, I, I have to kind of get to know them and then figure out how I could work my books into the conversation. And sometimes I can't, sometimes the, through the, through the talking, you realize, oh, they're not really interested in fantasy. They just were intrigued by the cover art or something. So they're not going to necessarily buy my books. So oh. it's, you know, it's, it's harder when I don't, I don't have a company that promotes and sometimes people will help me. They'll have other people who will, who've read my books perhaps. And, will try to promote me on their podcasting or their websites or their blogs or Twitter, which is wonderful. But, um, you know, and I have a lot of friends who are independent authors too, who spend a lot of their time on social media promoting themselves, which is great, but that's not all about who I am. I understand. Yeah. So I, like, if I'm on Twitter, I I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about comic books or movies or sometimes my writing but I don't make that the focus of my life. But anyway, the whole point of what you were asking was that it's not an easy thing to do if you're not willing to put all the background effort in because yeah. you have to do all of it. I mean, I can't draw the covers to save my lives. I have to hire someone to do the artwork, but um, most of it, I have to do it on my own. And you know, it's and you have to have deadlines. You have to set your own deadlines where like a publishing company might hire you to do your book and they'll say, okay, well, we need the first draft within six months. And you have to get it done. Or yeah. They'll, they'll drop you or something like that. Whereas, or they, or they, they edit and they say, we need the edits redone for, you know, within so many weeks. For me, I can set deadlines for myself, but if I'm having a bad week or I just can't get into it, I might have to yeah. push the deadline. So. Yeah. yeah. So it after the it's, it's like motivating knowing that you're an indie author. It sounds motivating in a way. <laughs> Well, it's, it, it's fun. <laughs> you do it because you enjoy it. I don't do it as a job where someone says, here, you have to write a book. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's something I enjoy doing. So I hopefully when I can get into it, um, yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately the past couple of years, had, you know, we have, I have had some life-changing things going on. Plus the pandemic hasn't helped a lot, but yeah, you would think being stuck home would be, oh, you can just write all the time. But motivation no. doesn't always happen. No, so, I understand. Yeah, so it, sometimes <laughs> I do it. And plus school has been, there's been a struggle with just school to this year. So I can't yeah. just switch and I go, understand. okay, I'm going to write. So yeah. Yeah. You, you seem to be like a really good teacher. I try. 
I don't know. <laughs> no, but you, the way no. you explain things is kind of I like the way you explain some of the stuff that you talk <laughs> about. It makes it easier to understand. Well, thank you. I think that's I think that's part of who I was always supposed to be. I feel it's a very natural thing for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry if you hear any background noise. This is, um, I don't live alone, so. Oh, no, you're fine. I haven't heard anything yet. Okay, okay. Good then, this microphone is perfect then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it's very good. You're very clear. Yeah, I like it. The other one I had picked up a lot of background noise, so I was like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. it's funny. At school, when I'm, I use Zoom for classes and um, the kids in the background who talk, the kids can't hear, like the kids online can't hear my kids all the time talking. And I have a special speakerphone that I use that's supposed to amplify voices, but it doesn't. And everyone's wearing a mask. So it's hard. But in this case, I'm home by myself and I live in a very quiet neighborhood. So, and my dog's asleep. So you're not going to hear him anyway. So. <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's hilarious. <laughs> So. yeah well i really love talking to you you like you're a very wise individual <laughs> i'm gonna well, be honest <laughs> thank you i appreciate that <laughs> so what's your favorite run on wonder woman um you know it's funny the one that pops into my head I don't know if it's my favorite of all time, but it's definitely one of my favorite ones. The favorite is the George Perez. Run. Yeah. And, and the reason is not, it's, I mean, it's the storytelling and it's all the artwork, but I remember reading the comics as they were coming to a close when like Diana was fighting in her last battle. This was before the crisis on infinite earths comic series came out. So as her book, I didn't realize her book was actually going to end, but then I found out through the comic book store, this was prior to the internet. So the comic book people were saying, oh no, there's, there's talks to having her book being rebooted. And I didn't know as much about that. So it was sad to see the last issue of that run from the first time. And then when the crisis came and I saw all that happen, and then the advertisement that came into the, like one of the inserts in the comic, I still yeah. have it was this little black um, booklet that showed like some of the artwork of George Perez, but inside it had a couple of panels from the, the new book that was coming out. And I was just so excited because I knew that mythology was gonna be a huge part of the, the next you know, run. And for me, I, I mean, I just never got enough of his artwork. The storytelling was incredible. Um, I was motivated to be a comic book reader for her mainly because like I got re-energized to read oh. it because of that. Yeah. So, it's really yeah. good. I like his work. He's one of my favorites too. Mm -hmm. That and Phil. Oh yeah. Phil Jimenez is another one who um, another run was amazing. And I know he did a lot of nods to fans for like the Linda Carter TV show. He'd throw in costume ideas or other things that he liked, which is always fun because then you get a different version of the same character. But he tried to keep it, I think, to the same ideas that George was doing. Yeah. 
So I don't know, I'm trying to think of other runs jump to mind um, that were that. I mean, I know I know I was excited when, when the rebirth was coming back because I, I know that it was going to be um, very close to at least the George Perez idea. Yeah. I love the artwork, you know, Nicholas Scott and some of the other artists and, and Liam Sharp. I know I loved that part. That was, was exciting because I wasn't, I was not really a big fan of the George, uh, George, the um, Azarello, Brian Azarello run. Yeah, me neither. I want to be it, honest. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't strike me the way I wanted it to. And that was really, I think the introduction of Zeus as her dad. Yeah, and that's <laughs> not a big fan. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't handle that. So, um, I mean, his artwork, the artwork in the book was good, and some of the storytelling I did like some, but I stopped reading it after a while. And I have gaps in my collection because I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. Um, yeah, same so, here. But know, I'm trying to think. I wasn't really a collector when I was a kid. I was just, I just liked reading comics. So I would read her books as they were coming out, but it wasn't like some people today or even me today where I would worry about who's the artist on the book or who's writing the book. I didn't know from that. Yeah. We didn't have the internet then and, and the comic book stores or wherever I would get them, like maybe at the supermarket on the, on the magazine rack, nobody there would know anything. So unless you knew people who knew people kind of thing. I didn't know much about that until it was much, much later. Then when internet started and then DC Comics had a website and all that kind of stuff. And then Facebook. And that's when I started really paying more attention to those things, which made my appreciation even better. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like Greg. Greg's run as well. Yeah, no, Greg Rucka was good. I, I liked his. Um, he's another writer that I'm, who's a, one of the, in the top tier writing of the book for me. Yeah, um, he's really good. Mm -hmm. His I run on he, Rebirth was good too. Yeah, his was, his was. And I liked, I liked the ideas. I mean, again, his, his work is up there along with Phil and George as the writing of the book. Um, I also liked Gail Simone. Yeah, me too. Um, when, this was a while ago, but um, I, I'm assuming it's still around. There's a website called Comic Book Resources or CBR. And I was on the message boards and I, I was on the DC Comics message boards, but when they still had them. And I remembered a post that said that Gail Simone, who used to post on there occasionally, was starting up a new message forum on the comic book resources webpage because they wanted to have one devoted just to Wonder Woman. And a friend of mine had actually recommended um, that Gail ask me to be the co-moderator with her. And so I did that for a while. She and I, I would, she would send me like artwork and ideas and things I could post. And we had a lot of email conversations and so I worked with her a little bit on that. And then I don't know how long I was doing that for it. After a while, it got, it got annoying because, you know, people on message boards can be stupid. Yeah. So, and I, I tried to be like everybody who was on there, they were always on the boards and I couldn't be because I had a job during the day. So I'd have to wait till the evenings 
to go on there and deal with all the stupidity. And I remember someone saying, well, if you can't devote all this time to the boards, then you shouldn't be a moderator. I'm like, well, I'm not going to sit in front of my computer for free and, you know, every time, all the time and do it. So anyway, it, it got old after a while, but I did have a nice time talking with Gail. And this was while she was on the book. So it was nice to see like artwork in advance or hear about story yeah. ideas in advance. And she did include one of my ideas in the, the comic. So that's nice. Yeah, way back, I'm trying to remember which issues, but they she I think she was the one who introduced the idea that there were these massive great white sharks that that swam around Themyscira and protected the island. And at one point in the forums, we were talking and she was. I was joking and I said, well, I wonder if, if Gail, if you would name them, you know, and I gave some different names and she wrote back and, or she replied and she said, well, would you be okay if I used, I think Stealth Finn was one of them. And oh, if wow. I, I use this. And so I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. And I totally forgot about it because, you know, it, the book hadn't come out and I was like, okay. And then one day I'm reading this book and I was reading the comic at the time and I'm flipping through and I looked at it. And I saw that she had used the name that I had picked for one of the sharks, which wasn't a big deal. But the fact that she picked what I said and threw it in the book was just a really, was really cool. <laughs> that must have been exciting. So, yeah, yeah, no, it was. It was. It was neat. It's between that and my picture being in the comic books twice. I thought that was some of my my Wonder Woman claims to fame, I guess. <laughs> so, but yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the movies, the Wonder Woman yeah. movies. Sure. Like, what was your opinion on 84? You know, I really liked it. And I knew, here. I, knew I know that people were very, a lot of people were judgmental about it for a number of reasons. And, and I understand their concerns. But I also knew that Patty was doing this as a nod to the fans, like yeah. more so. And more so than it being like a sequel, because it didn't really, it, it addressed some stuff with Steve Trevor, but it, I didn't feel like it was so much of a sequel as much it was just the second movie with her in it. Um, that's how I felt. It wasn't a bad thing. It's just that um, it, was, it was nice to see the way she took things in different directions, the lighter feel. Um, the mall scene in the beginning was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Same uh, here. It was like it was pulled directly out of a comic book for me. Yeah. The use of the lasso, that was huge. Um, I liked the cheetah, um, the way it was done. I know it wasn't the exact same thing as the comics, but I liked the way it was handled. I know some people didn't like the whole wishing stone idea, but I don't know if the, the traditional origin that George Perez put out for the cheetah would have gone over as well, or is, would, would have made as much sense to them? Maybe it's a little more gruesome in the comics and they, then maybe they would have put on screen for such a light movie because it was a lighter film than the yeah. first um, Maxwell Lord is not my favorite villain for her. I, I mean, I was never a fan of his in the comics and I, I hated the fact that she had to break his neck in the comics. That was bad writing, um, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, bad choices, not bad writing. It was just a bad choice. But um, overall, I loved the movie. Um, I thought the flying, it, the thing about her flying was cool. That she, that what's funny though is that she doesn't fly like in Justice League, so it's weird. Yeah. 
<laughs> seeing that movie and then saying, oh, she's not flying. But um, I loved, I don't know, the fact that she just used the power of the lasso at the, you know, when she's talking to Maxwell Lord to change things. And I mean, there, there are definitely some gaps in the movie and some plot holes that I wish they would have filled differently. But um, overall, I enjoyed it. I didn't watch it as many times as I watched the first movie. Makes um, sense. I think I saw it four or five times, but I saw the first movie. I've seen that one like 150 times. So <laughs> I love the first film. It was one of my favorites. I remember going I into the theater feeling so emotional. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was so exciting. It was a great time. No, that was, it was phenomenal. And it being her first movie, I think, was really what the energy was about for so many of us. Yeah. You know, because she had already appeared in Batman versus Superman. And I think seeing her in her own film, I mean, again, there's always issues people have with whatever, but I think the movie overall was phenomenal. I wouldn't have seen it that many times if I didn't like it as much. Yeah. Um, but and it was funny. I, was, I watched the um, Zack Snyder's Justice League movie this morning. Oh, and really? Oh, I didn't even I, see it yet. <laughs> it's re I, I really liked it. I think it was better. It's definitely better than the one that came out, the one that Joss Whedon did. Yeah, not a um, big fan but, of Joss Whedon. But there, there's a scene, and this isn't a spoiler because it was in the first Justice League movie too. There's a scene where there's a flashback where, did you see the, have you seen the, the first Justice League movie? The yes, I one? have. Okay. So, you know, the scene when, when, when Diana's talking about how all of the Atlanteans and the gods and the Amazons fought against Steppenwolf in the past. Yeah. They show that huge battle scene. Well, when they show the gods, they showed a lot more of Zeus and Artemis in the first one. And this one is definitely Ares. And when you see him, it's the same face of the actor, um, Patrick Thewlis, who played him in the in the first Wonder Woman movie, but you definitely see him in a much more of a proper Aries form, like muscular, and he doesn't look like a British man, you know, trying <laughs> to part. He, look, he looks more like the God of War. And I wish that appearance of the way he appears in this movie was the way he appeared in her movie. That was the only thing in the first movie that really didn't sit well with me was I felt like his armor in the first movie, it looked more like aluminum foil kind of forming all around him. And I get what they were trying to do there, but if they had shown this version, like you see, if you see the, the, the Zack Snyder movie, you'll see what I mean. It's definitely yeah. a much more graphically imposing, intimidating God of War. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, the first movie was tremendous. Second movie, I really, really liked. Um, I'll probably watch it again sometime soon. I, I was giving myself some time to um, to let things settle. But I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out on Christmas Day. And then I got home and I went on I went on um, HBO Max and I watched it that night again. So <laughs> and then I think I watched it three other times. Yeah, three other times after that. Um, so and you know, and, and it was just it was fun. I mean, the whole Asteria storyline with Linda Carter's role being in there was was a lot of fun yeah I got it, so emotional when I saw her I was like I love you Linda <laughs> well, well yeah that seeing that was I mean I think I think I kind of knew there was going to be something with her I, I didn't know it for sure but I just had a feeling because the scene when Diane is describing 
um, how Asteria stayed in the world of man and she's got the armor and the people are, are you know, fighting against her and they just show her eyes. And I'm like, I know those eyes. Those are yeah. Linda Carter eyes. Yeah. And just, I just knew. And so I'm like, okay. And so when they showed that scene at the end, it was just really nice to see that. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I know that Wonder Woman fans can be as picky or pickier than most yeah. Largely, largely because she hasn't been given a lot of screen time, unlike Superman or Batman. So yeah. when they do see her, they have to pick it apart like vultures on a dead body and just go through it and nitpick every little detail, yeah. and, um, which saddens me. Um, but and I, I get it. There are things about some things I don't like, and I have had plenty of fights with people about the whole Zeus's father business or you know, so other stuff. But I think if we can find common ground about those things, like the movies to appreciate, then that's good. We don't have to, we, and I just posted this on Twitter before, we don't all have to like the same, the same thing the same way, or we don't have to like it together at all. Like the Justice League movie, I already saw people posting things about it that they didn't like, who are friends of mine. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. You don't have to like that or the movie or it doesn't matter. I'm my appreciation of something is not going to change because someone else doesn't like it. Yeah. I mean, it might make me question and go, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And let me go back and re re-look re re at it. But um, oh, I will say this just as a as a helpful thing for you. When you do see the Zack Snyder movie. You remember, if you remember in the first Justice League, when Diana saves those hostages, the kids? Yeah. Okay. There's an expanded scene of that. It's, it, it's, and it's, it's a much better scene. Okay. I think oh, you'll it. Yeah. By the time this podcast comes out, I already, I'll be already seen it. So. Oh, good. <laughs> but I'm curious to know your thoughts. I really enjoyed her role in this in this newer version of the movie some of the scenes that you would expect from the first movie were cut so some of the lines weren't there that you might that people might expect but I think as a Wonder Woman fan I came out of it really enjoying yeah what it was happening and there's much more of the Amazons in this movie too yeah but yeah that's all I'm going to say about it because I don't want to make any spoilers for you but <laughs> but yeah I think I'm looking forward to the third movie. I don't know what they'll do. I have I, no idea what villains that Patty or whoever's in charge of it um, will do. Although I'd love to see more Cheetah. Same here. I would love to see Cersei. Oh my God. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> and, and you know, the Cersei that I love is the one in, from the George Perez book, the purple haired, you know, Greek goddess kind of Cersei. That's the one that I would love to see in some form, you know, in the movie. Um, I also, and this is something I have arguments with people about. I, I love the character of Dr. Cyber. Me too. But I'm not a big fan of the, of the whole mechanized robot one, but the one that came out early, early on in her books where she was like this woman in charge of like an organization of, of agents, like a, kind of like a James Bond villain kind of thing where she was in charge of all these women who were would go out and, and whatever she was doing some criminal activity but she would always send female agents to do her work kind yeah. of like kind of like an alternate version of like Amazon's sort of 
like anti Amazons in a way. I don't know how else. That's not really the best way to describe it, but not that she shouldn't be in touch with technology. I think that'd be very cool. But I always liked that because that was just her using her mind, like another smart woman, not not having to be armored up or in a costume necessarily, but someone who could send out female agents to do her dirty work and you know use do things that would be woman against woman kind of like um i'm trying to think like i remember in the tv show this when diana goes up against linda carter's wonder woman goes up against a woman i think it was the pilot of the um second season and she's like you're a woman we shouldn't be enemies yeah that kind, of, that kind of mentality is kind of what i would want to see of why are you fighting against me we're both women we both should have the same goals so yeah in that movie i don't want a male villain yeah i want a female villain too yeah it, it just makes her. sense oh yeah I yeah mean, we definitely had, we had maxwell lord in this one who was part of it and then we also had aries um but we did have doctor doctor poison i mean she was still a big part of that yeah so but it would be cool to see other villains go up against diana or at least know that she's gone up against like have a i don't know what it was called um it was a group of female villains in the comics it wasn't yeah. i can't remember the name of the group now it wasn't the injustice society it was something else villainy inc maybe that was it yeah villainy inc where yeah. there were different female villains that would be cool if Diana had to go up against them because um, then it would be a nice nod to the earlier comics and bring in some villains that make people be aware of that her, you know, because she had a lot of a lot of other characters in her storytelling. So, yeah. But, so, yeah. What storyline? Do you like the War of the Gods storyline by George Perez, too? I, I do. Um, I liked it a lot, actually. Um, I thought it was very interesting when I first read it, and I've reread it a couple of times. Um, and then recently there came out a book related to the Death Metal series, I guess. It's a version of the War of the Gods. It's like, I mean, it's one book, but it kind of touches on aspects of that original storyline. And it kind of made me remember, I might want to go back and reread it now, but... Um, <laughs> Um, it made me remember like how the different groups of gods, you know, fought or or worked together in different ways. And yeah. So yeah, it was that was really cool. Um, another thing they could do in the third movie, which would be another amazing, is that challenge of the gods storyline. Yeah. When she goes and eventually meets Diana Trevor. And I mean, that would expand. Because, I, I mean, I like Chris Pine, but I don't want him showing up in a third movie. The man's dead. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a flashback to her past, if maybe. But... Maybe a flashback. <clears throat> you know, I know a lot of people that like Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. Oh, I do too. I think he's a great Steve Trevor. I loved him in the first movie. Um, and he was fine in the second movie, but I felt like we've we've kind of exhausted. It doesn't have to be her love of a man in every movie. Yeah, make her to do things. So, I mean, that to me, it was more complex than that. But in the second movie, but yeah, I think it's okay to reference him, but move on. I mean, let her let her meet somebody else or not. Maybe she she doesn't have to have a, a love interest. Yeah, 
That's fine too. You don't have to define a woman by the relationship she has. Exactly. So a lot of people want to see her with another woman, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, no, and I think that's fine. I mean, I have no problem if she's you know bisexual or whatever. It doesn't bother. I mean, that's fine with me. Um, it doesn't change my feelings about her one way or the other. I mean, she's lived on an island with thousands of women. Of course, there are lesbians there. Exactly. Or, or bisexual women. Of course, there are. It's it's, it's part. It's part of. And even if they weren't like fully bisexual, you've lived with your sisters, these women who you live with for thousands of years, at some point you have urges and you'll want to, you know, engage yeah. someone engage in, in them. Way. Yeah. And that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as there's, you know, you're making adults, making adult decisions, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think they would ever do it with the Gal Gadot movie version. I don't think they would really ever hint that no. Diana, you know, maybe ever. If, maybe like, in another universe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I've heard, I haven't bought the book yet, but the the um, the third um, Wonder Woman Earth One book. I haven't that, bought it either. Oh, my God. Yeah, I have I've, the first two editions and I'm staring at them right now on the bookshelf. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love them. I think they're great. Um, and the third one, I did see a picture someone shared. I think it was Yannick Paquette, actually, who shared it on Facebook. But it was a picture of Diana kissing a woman, another Amazon, I think, which is fine with me. I mean, if that's in, in the book, if that's how it works, then and she's bisexual or pansexual or whatever. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I always saw her as more as pansexual than bisexual because she seemed like the type that would love everybody regardless of gender. Well, yeah. I think she would. Yeah. She doesn't discriminate. You know, she loves everybody for who they are. She loves, she doesn't, I don't know, I don't know loving a, 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 a agenda, but more of the person mm-hmm. for their hearts, not for generally what they have, but for their hearts. Yeah, no, I agree. I think of, of all the heroes, I think Diana would be the one to be more open to that kind of a thing. I mean, just being as open and caring and compassionate and loving as she is, she doesn't really have a, a limit on that. And, and maybe she had Steve Trevor, you know, for a while, and then she could have a girlfriend or she could have someone who was, who knows, transsexual, who knows what she would be, you know, want to be, or would be attracted to, you know? Yeah. She definitely, she's, She's helped a lot of people in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has. Yeah, and that's amazing. I didn't like when I first got into Wonder Woman, I didn't realize what an impact she had until I went online and saw that, oh wow, she really, really helped all these people with, you know, express themselves, be who they are. And I thought that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a couple of pictures I've shared over the years where one of them shows like different versions of women dressed up as Wonder Woman. And some of them, like one is a wheelchair, one's black, one's Asian, one's fat, one's thin, one's, you know, all different types of people. And, you know, it's, and it says, we are Wonder Women. And I think, I lo- and I love that, that Wonder yeah. Woman is not just this muscle bound Amazon figure. She's a woman regardless of, that and I would love to see a character and we haven't 
but I would love to someone write a book where there is a, you know, a much more um, fleshed, literally fleshed out Wonder Woman, like a heavy set Wonder Woman for a story. Oh, like plus size. Yeah, a plus size. Thank you. A plus size Wonder Woman. Or, I mean, I think that would be love to see that. You know, to have someone draw her more of a plus sized, still have the same basic abilities, but just look more representational of other women. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be fun. I would love to see that. There's actually a comic book character who's plus size. I forgot her name already. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, Faith. Faith, yeah. Yeah, she's good too. I like her. I, I didn't know much about her. I did some research a couple of years ago and, and learned a little bit about her, but I think that's really cool. And, you know, people, one of the reasons why I got into comics is I'm sure maybe why you and other people do too, is because we find something in the characters that we, uh, we identify with. Exactly. And why shouldn't, why shouldn't a plus sized person or um, someone who's on the other end, super, super thin or tall or short or paraplegic or whoever, why yeah. shouldn't, why shouldn't they be able to find themselves in some sort of heroic figure somewhere yeah and it's easier to relate to superheroes because they're different like especially for lgbt people and those who are dis- disabled they can relate to a superhero more mm-hmm. because because they're different like they are yeah I think that's why like the X-Men are so popular and because there's such a big crossover in the storytelling between the LGBT community and being different and being a mutant. And, and I know, I mean, I've seen that for years where they've talked about basically the X-Men and the mutants are supposed to be a a kind of mirror image of what the LGBTQ community is dealing with and its acceptance and, you know, and all of that, which is cool. I think that that's one of the reasons why kids, younger kids, should be exposed to characters of all kinds because they they can find themselves in Faith or in Diana or somebody else. You know, when Iceman was gay, I mean, oh, cool. So there's now a Marvel character who is gay, or I think North Star is another gay character they have. But also another one that's a gay is Wiccan. Yes, He's I would. Good. Love, I would love to see that, and I know from what I've heard online um wiccan and speed you know wanda's two kids are supposed to be appearing some point in the future in like a young avengers kind of thing yeah so i would love to see wiccan as a you know young man or an older teenager but i'd love to see him with you know gay yeah the comics and i mean i think nowadays of course it's certainly possible yeah We're, we're much more progressive now in the world we are in some ways, we're not. I'll well, say that, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. But, you know, and it's it's cool because even though I may not read every comic book that has an LGBT character in it, I teach students who are from all walks of life and I get to tell them, oh, by the way, guys, there's another book coming out that represents someone who's Black or someone who's Asian or someone who's, you know, Latino or whatever. And they go, oh, really? And so... You know, I show them, I try to expose them and they're like, it's so weird because for them seeing like, uh, you know, I'm in my almost mid fifties and they look at me and thinking you're so into comics and all this stuff. It's like, well, yeah, that's what keeps me young, you know, young at heart. It's always supposed to be young at heart. So, but yeah, it's, 
I don't know. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah. I do have one final question before we close off, though. Sure. If, like, if you were to create any character superhero-wise, what would you name it? <laughs> um, you know, that's a good question. Um, and being a writer and having written so many different characters, it's hard to pick like a new name. Um, I mean, I know it's kind of been done a little bit, but based on like the cosplay that I do, seeing yeah. a character like Captain Wonder, you know, I, I mean, if I had the ability to draw and I could, or if I knew I could get someone, I would love to have a character like that that was influenced by Diana in some way. But other than that, I can't think of anything um, other than the main characters of my own books <laughs> who, are, who are variations of, of, of Wonder Woman type qualities anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any other names, like other characters lingering in the background that I want to write about that, oh, here's a name I would throw at you. Um, but that does inspire me. I have, a, I have a story I want to write. I mean, it doesn't have to be me in the story, but I have a story of, of something happening at like a comic book convention where there's a bunch of cosplayers and something goes wrong or something happens. And whether it's, I don't know, magic or something happens. And all of a sudden, everybody who's in the cosplay is suddenly has the ability, has like enhanced superhuman, superheroic abilities kind of tied to who they represent in their cosplay. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be like Wonder Woman or Superman, but someone who dressed up as like a like a Conan, like a barbarian figure with a fake sword suddenly has, you know, superhuman strength and a real sword and can fight something. But I always have imagined like having something happen where, you know, a, a, like a plus sized teenager wearing some sort of spandex outfit trying to just fit in because that's who he wants to be in the, in this cause. Because that's how that's why I did cosplay was just because it's fun but yeah. suddenly I realized that here's this kid who looks the same but suddenly has superhuman strength or other superpowers and I don't know I've, I've just making the ordinary people into extraordinary people yeah again, for different reasons but it's just an idea that I always had kind of been in my head so there's actually a superhero generator that I, I remember going online one time it was a long time ago they let you create your own superhero well, yeah, there's a couple that are like, um, like the visual ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called Hero Machine. Yeah, Hero Machine. Yeah, I've, I've used that in the past, mostly to get ideas like how I would want my characters to look. Yeah. My own books, like fig figuring out visuals, even though they don't ha always have every single thing I want. Yeah. But it's close enough where I can go, oh, yeah. Um, I did that mostly with my Celtic books or book. The main characters i did that initially with them to try to get the feel for the characters so but that's fun though because it, it lets you explore possibilities without having to invest in costumes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um like for those who haven't read your books what can they expect well basically i try to tell people the simplest thing is if you like um, Percy Jackson type stories with a team of heroes 
who are tied to the Greek gods but live in the modern world than and who are older. My, my characters are in their 20s and early 30s. So it's like an older version of that. That's kind of what you can expect if it's based in, in Greek myth and the main character is gay. Oh, good. So, that's cool. And, so yeah, I think that's, and in, in the second book, from the second book on, Dan, the main character has a boyfriend who plays a significant role in the books and he's treated as a boyfriend with respect and it's not some sort of stereotype character or yeah you know, who becomes a villain or you know there's so it's basically that you can hopefully identify some of yourself yeah you know. it's always good to find something relatable mm -hmm. that's my hope i mean as a teacher i would want kids of mine to find something in books that they can identify with yeah What's teaching like for you, like being a teacher? <laughs> well, this past school year has been a nightmare. <laughs> um, largely because of, you know, being online during the same period as being in person with kids. But overall, I love teaching. I love working with students. I love, you know, engaging in discussions about literature and seeing what they come up with and helping them improve their writing. And yeah, it's it's literally the passion of my life. It's not just a job. Yeah. It's, it's better to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah positive I, perspective. Yeah, I couldn't be happy. I know some people, I know friends who have jobs, they make lots of money, but they're just not happy with it. But it's because it makes lots of money for them that they can justify it in their brain. But I'm not wealthy. I have, I mean, I, I, I live fine, but I don't need... I don't need to, to do a different kind of job to make a ton of money just to be, I mean, it wouldn't make me happy. No. What people, you know, should appreciate what they have. And I think that's important. I think so too. Yeah. I, you should always have dreams and goals. I mean, obviously, if you want to do more with your life, you should. Yeah. And pick something that you like to do that's not really a job. It should be just something that you you happen to just drive to a different place every day, do something that you love and get paid for it. It just, it happens to work out that way for me. And, you know. I'm glad. You seem like a very good teacher. <laughs> I try. I try to be. <laughs> I mean, it's, when you, when you love what you do, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, there's so much I want to ask you. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I can always come back for another one, too. Yeah, but. of course. We could definitely end it here. Okay, that's cool. And then if, let me know if you have other lists of questions, maybe over, over the next, you know, maybe a couple of weeks or so or months, if you have other questions or comic book specific questions you want to get into, we can even talk about specific runs more specifically if you want. Or Yeah, sure. That'll be really, that'll be great. And even the Zack Snyder Justice League when it's out, we'll think maybe we can have conversations. Yeah, we, can. Yeah, we definitely can. So.